Nikki Haley gets smoked in Nevada. I think maybe it's time for her just to drop out and give up. Joe Biden mumbles his way through a speech supporting the border bill that seems only to support Ukraine's border. And Republicans had a really bad day yesterday. Let's talk about it. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. All right, well, I've got a cold. I don't know, could be COVID, I have no idea, but I definitely have a cold. So if I seem kind of ugh today, yeah, well, I am ugh today. Got no sleep last night, but there's too much to talk about, and I feel like doing something. I'm still going to get stuck doing the laundry, so I might as well do the podcast, right? I was still up at 7 o'clock. Actually, I was up at like 5 because I couldn't get any sleep. My throat is absolutely killing me. So the pity party is over. Let's get to the news. Okay, so we got a couple pieces of news. First off, Nikki Haley uh, ran in Nevada. She was the only one on the ballot. And between the choice of Nikki Haley and none of these candidates option, she lost to none of these candidates option. So Donald Trump obviously took it. Now, granted, it is one of those states where delegates can be split. So the delegates will be split. But yeah, she got smoked. There was nobody even running with her and she lost. She came in second place. So I think it's time for, and the more she talks, the less attractive she sounds. So I I think it's time for Nikki Haley just to give up. Because the next one, I think, is in South Carolina, which is her state. And she is way down in that election. So if she goes in, gets her ass kicked in her own state, I I don't know what she... Her political career is officially over. I I don't see her, which is a shame because I actually thought she would be president. I got her book signed and everything else. Yeah, no, I think she is absolutely finished. I don't see her doing anything, especially for the fact that, you know, she seems kind of like this I am woman, hear me roar kind of chick. She seems that she's on CNN all the time. She's always bitching about it being a woman, a woman of color. She made up a story about not being able to be in a beauty contest because she was brown, not white. Or By the way, she looks as white as I do, so I'm not exactly sure what she's talking about, her being brown. But I I think it's time for her to just go away because no one is interested in her bullshit anymore. So uh, Joe Biden continues to want to F up the country. He just will not stop. Even if it means that he could lose the election, he just refuses to stop effing up the country. So the EPA, the Environmental Protection uh, Agency, unveiled regulations on Wednesday that basically it's called a PM 2.5 limitation or basically it's soot. So air particles from a factory will go in the air and they actually will have soot within the particle. Uh, Currently, right now, you can have 12 micrograms of soot within a air particle. So 12 micrograms per cubic meter. And what this policy has done is lowered it to 9 micrograms per cubic meter. Now, 
this is not a great idea because what it's going to basically do is really stick it to the manufacturers. And uh, Oxford study has said that these manufacturers throughout the country could lose between 163 and 198 billion dollars a year. It could also cost between 900 and 974 thousand jobs just to meet this regulation. Now the the companies are saying, "Listen, this is this is this is a nightmare." First off, the law the the regulation doesn't even take into account forest fires in the area of a business. So let's say you have a factory in Iowa and there's a forest fire in that area that puts up all this smoke. Well, the EPA doesn't care. It won't take into consideration, well, the reason there's so much crap in the air is because of this forest fire. They'll just flat out blame the factory. And the factories are saying, how are we supposed to function? So if there's a forest fire, we can no longer manufacture anything? And by the way, it's not like every other country is doing this. So if you look at Australia and Canada, they actually run at 9 micrograms per cubic meter. Okay, so they, they follow along with this. The kicker is they don't do a tenth of the manufacturing the United States does. Their manufacturing in, in Canada and Australia is nothing compared to ours. So their GDP on manufacturing is actually quite low. Meanwhile, Japan has 15 micrograms per cubic meter. The United, uh, the Un European Union and England both work at 20 micrograms per meter. And just in case you were curious, China and India, 35 micrograms per cubic meter. So why is that important? Because environmentalists, and I mean the environmentalists that are honest and actually studies this, say that us dropping to 9 micrograms per meter is worthless if no one else is doing it. It's not going to do a thing for the air. So, again, this is a big, big win for environmental groups that know nothing about manufacturing or the economy, but it's a killer. So, the... Manufacturers are already saying this is going to got the um, I believe it is the uh, uh, commerce department. They're actually saying it's going to cause supply chain issues. It's going to raise prices again. In other words, inflation. And because all the other countries in the world are still using this, it's not actually going to stop. It's not actually going to have any effect. And it's really going to hurt the the country. Now, of course, environmentalist groups are saying that oh. Well, look at Canada. Their GDP didn't go down because of this. They're actually saying that. Their GDP didn't go down because of this regulation. Again, Canada does very little manufacturing. Our G a lot of our GDP is based on manufacturing. And if we're suddenly have more restrictions on our manufacturing, what's that gonna do? It's gonna they're gonna move it to companies are gonna move it to China, companies are gonna move it to Mexico. South America, Central America, and we're going to lose jobs. I mean, it's just, God, this guy. If this guy wins the presidency, I swear to you, we are in big, big trouble. 
Because with another four years and no need to worry about running for a, a, a third term, this guy is going to just go absolutely hog wild on what he's going to do. Okay, let's get to our dumbass of the day. So Joe Biden, with a lot of stuff going on, he's making a few more public appearances than he would usually. And he's effing up left and right. So one of the things, it was funny. So last week he was, or this weekend, he was in doing a talk somewhere. And he talked about how he recently spoke to uh, French President Mitterrand. And he, you know, the conversation they had about the environment and economy and all this stuff. And then uh, people really just raised their hands and said, wait, Mitterrand died in 1996. So who were you talking to? And it, it went viral. Everyone's like, oh, my God. This. And of course, when he speaks in the first place, he just looks like a dead man anyway. So maybe he did talk to Mitterrand. He had an out-of-body experience or whatever. But what's her name? Um, Karen Jean-Pierre was asked about this by Peter Ducey. And I got to tell you, Peter Ducey yesterday abused her. And you could tell she had had enough. Because he was questioning yesterday, he was questioning about the border deal, which we're going to talk about. He said, well, wait a minute. You're saying that the border deal is all President Trump's fault. And the reality is your guy has been president for three years. You guys had both houses of Congress in the beginning two years, and you said there was nothing wrong with the border. Now your polling numbers are down, and you're saying there's a problem with the border, and it's Republicans' fault. I it, We'll get to that. We'll get to that, because Joe Biden, I, Jesus, he made a speech yesterday, and the border crisis, of course, is all Trump's fault. But we'll, we'll get to that. So here's Peter Ducey basically making Karen Jean-Pierre just start crying and I, I swear she almost... Well, I don't know how this broad has lasted so long. She is just getting wasted. Even with all the other media kowtowing to her, Peter Ducey makes her look so bad. I'm surprised she just doesn't... I, I guarantee you, she leaves that podium and she's out drinking to kind of recover. So let's listen to this little, uh, little barrage. How is President Biden ever going to convince the three-quarters of voters... We're worried about his physical and mental health, that he is okay, even though in Las Vegas he told a story about recently talking to a French president who died in 1996. I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole with you, what? sir. What is We're going to go. Hole? Go ahead. He said go he ahead. talked to Mitterrand. Go ahead. In you saw place. the president in Vegas, in California. You've seen the president in South Carolina. You saw him in Mich Michigan. I'll just leave it there. Yeah, well, he did see it over in Michigan, in Las Vegas, in Los Angeles. That's exactly why he's asking the question. And, and I'm sorry, that's a pretty damn good question. Especially since the guy will not talk to anybody. Every time he does, he sounds completely out. He's getting worse. He's not getting better. I don't think they can pump enough B12 into the guy. Maybe he should borrow some of Hunter's cocaine to kind of wake up. Because he looks terrible. But this is the problem with Karen Jean-Pierre. She can't, she doesn't know what to say anymore. The guy is obviously senile. She doesn't know what to say. What? 
I, she can't just sit there. Yeah, he's senile. What do you want me to do about it? He's your president of the United States and he's senile. We take care of him. We give him his oatmeal and, and you know, he gets gets into the office at 10, 11 o'clock and leaves at 2 and, you know, we put him on his life support machine. But the thing is, they're going to have to answer this stuff because as we get closer to the election and, and seeing his rate of decline, these questions are going to become more important. And I've got to tell you, the real question should be coming from the mainstream media because they're beginning to take notice of it, but they're not really pushing anybody on this. This guy looks like he's in full decline. This guy looks like in a couple of months, he's not even going to be able to walk. He's going to be drooling everywhere. When he, you see videos of him like, you, like we did yesterday, he's constantly touching his face. He doesn't seem to know what's going on. And that brings us to this border deal. This is so yesterday, old Joe, he's trying to find a way to deflect on this border crisis. This border crisis, he's getting pummeled on in the polls. He does not want to close the border, which, by the way, he can. And so they have this border deal. Now, this border deal is completely worthless. This border deal basically worries about Ukraine, worries about Israel, worries about Taiwan. And then, oh, by the way, we throw a couple. This is what Democrats do. We'll throw a couple bucks over towards the border. Well, here's the big problem. It's not a border deal. The more the, the border this administration seems to be working worrying about more than any other border in the country, in the world, is Ukraine's border. And he made this, I don't know who writes these speeches, but he made this very clear at the beginning of the speech. He was wearing a USA Ukraine pin, and he brought that up, how important it was to protect Ukraine from Russia. Let, let's listen. Let's listen to that little clip. This bill would also address two other important priorities. First, it provides urgent funding for Ukraine. I'm wearing my Ukraine tie, my Ukraine pin, which I've been wearing because they're, they're in dire straits right now defending themselves against a Russian onslaught. A brutal conquest. The clock is ticking. Every week, every month that passes without new aid Ukraine means fewer artillery shells, fewer defense air, air defense systems, fewer tools for Ukraine to defend itself against this Russian onslaught. Just what Putin wants. Listen, I have no problem funding Ukraine. It is, as far as we can see it, it is actually just another part of our defense contracts that actually keeps Russia, our, our main, one of our main enemies, in line. I have no problem with funding, with funding Ukraine. Ukraine should not be the priority. You know who's suffering an onslaught? It's the United States. Okay, a couple things about Ukraine and the Mexico, the U.S.-Mexico border. I, I almost called it the Mexico border because the fact is, it our border is the Mexican border. They can do whatever they want there. The fact of the matter is, we've got a crisis in this country and it needs to be addressed. It hasn't been addressed. And every time we address it, Ukraine comes up. Now, the one thing that, that Biden didn't do in this speech, which I was waiting for, he didn't say we must protect the borders of Ukraine. He did not say that. But that's what he means. He has said that in the past. Meanwhile, we're having onslaught 
of illegals run all this this onslaught is run by the Mexican drug cartels which are moving further away from drugs and going more into human trafficking because it's cheaper and the profit is higher. We, they are using extremely high technology for the Mexicans. I mean, they're flying drones around. They have fully automatic weapons. And we're doing nothing at the border. Zero. And the other problem with this is, when is this Ukraine thing going to stop? We do not seem to have any end in sight for Ukraine. Where is the end point here? Are we going to just continue to fund Ukraine for the next 25 years? Because this war has been going on three years, and it doesn't look like it's anywhere near ending. So when is this going to stop? All I see is that little wet fart Zelensky getting richer. That's all I see. Where's the 60? We have no accountability for the, this, where this money's going. So right off the bat, that's the first problem with Ukraine. Those are the two big problems I see with Ukraine. One, how can you protect Ukraine when you can't even protect us? The second problem I really see is this is not a border bill. They just call it the border bill because that's something that they really seem to want to, to trick the American people. Oh, this is going to protect the border. It has nothing. Most of the money goes to foreign countries. This is not a border bill. The other big thing with this border bill, which uh, at the third point with this whole thing, we need, a, we need an end, end date. We need to know where this is going to go. We need a pathway for this war to end. We can't keep giving them, I, I think we're at, at, at $300 billion now given to Ukraine. We need an end point here. We need a plan. And nobody seems to have a plan. Everyone just says, Zelensky just says, we will fight till the very end. Well, then fight with your own money and F off. If you want to fight till the very end, you don't want to negotiate. Well, then you do it with your own money. It's Ukraine. The Ukraine thing is, I totally get it. I would like to, Ukraine is not a democracy. Don't listen to anyone tell you. It's an oligarchy. It's always been an oligarchy. It's been probably the most corrupt country in the world. They've said it's the most corrupt country in the world. And Zelensky doesn't change my mind about that. It probably still is the most corrupt country in the world. And I'm pretty sure Mr. Zelensky probably has houses all over the world. He's not going to have any problems finding a place to live because he's probably worth six, seven billion dollars by now. And it, yeah, as far as the democracy thing, I mean, they're limiting religion over there. The Orthodox Ukrainian Orthodox religion has already been shut down by this you, this Zelensky. It seems to me that he is more of a tyrant than anything else. Okay, then he goes into the border. Now, I, I, I want to explain something about this border bill, okay? This border bill does not close the border. It gives the president the ability to close the border. Here's a little secret. I know this is going to shock everyone. He already has the ability to close the border. The president doesn't need to go to Congress to close the border. The law is there since I think it was 1958 or something. He already has the ability to say, I'm shutting down the border. The other problem with this is, in order to trigger a border shutdown, 5,000 people a day have to come across the border for a week, and then the president can, sh can shut it down. Mind you, 
it's not required that he shuts it down, but he can. It doesn't take into it doesn't take into account people that cross the border that are not at checkpoints. So if an illegal crosses the border that uh, without being at a checkpoint, he doesn't count to that five thousand. It's only people that are check that are go through the checkpoints. Well, hello, most of them are not crossing at the checkpoints. And it allows the president, it, another problem with the bill, it actually lowers the standard to claim for asylum. So, for example, if you're from Somalia, and, well, yeah, you're war-torn, and you half your family has died, well, you can claim asylum, and they will look that stuff up, they will verify where you're from, and then they will give you asylum. Yeah, it lowers that standard. Most people from Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, they don't qualify. Venezuela, they don't require. They don't. Uh, they don't qualify for asylum. There's no ongoing war or genocidal threat in Mexico, Honduras, or uh, Mexico, Honduras, or Guatemala. So they don't qualify. But this bill lowers that qualification. So now it's just reasonable. And they don't actually go in and verify it. So an illegal could get to the border. And it doesn't matter where he's from. It makes no difference where he's from. He can go over there and say, well, you know, I'm scared. I'm scared to be here. And then they will hold him for a week and then release him until he has a trial date. And then one of the other amazing things about this bill is that it actually spends money on judges and lawyers for the illegal aliens. This bill has nothing to do with actually shutting down the border. There's a little bit of money thrown in for a wall. But right now the walls are being built by the states. They're being built by Arizona. They're being built by Texas. California is not even building a wall, and California is getting pummeled with illegal aliens. So this bill does nothing to stop illegal immigration. Illegal immigration went from 30,000 a day, that's throughout the entire border, to 180,000 a month. I'm sorry, 30,000 a month. To 180,000 a month, it's now at 300,000 a month. And what is this guy? And this bill's not going to slow that down. And what does this guy do to blame it? Blame? Who does he blame? Donald Trump, of course, and Republicans. Even though he he had the presidency, both houses of Congress, for the first two years of the presidency, when this thing was ramping up, and he still has the Senate. And the he still has the Senate and the presidency. And everything he needs to do to shut down the border is just say, shut down the border. Even Border Patrol and ICE are saying, we don't need the money. We have the people. He wants to hire an additional, I think, 50,000 people. And the Border Patrol, we already have about 40,000 people. We don't need people. We need them to go to the border to actually stop people from coming over it. We have the people. They don't even know what to do with additional people. Well, here he is. He's he's Joe Biden is just going to blame Trump. Let's listen. I'm calling on Congress to pass this bill 
gets to my desk immediately. But if the bill fails, I want to be absolutely clear about something. The American people are going to know why it failed. I'll be taking this issue to the country. And the voters are going to know that it's not just a moment. Just at the moment, we're going to secure the border and fund these other programs. Trump and the MAGA Republicans said no, because they're afraid of Donald Trump. <laughs> afraid of Donald Trump. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. It's time for Republicans in the Congress to show a little courage, to show a little spine, to make it clear to the American people that you work for them, not for anyone else. I know who I work for. I work for the American people. In moments like this, we have to remember who in God's name we are. <coughs> We're the United States of America. You've heard me say it many times. There's nothing beyond our capacity if we do it together. We're right on the verge of doing it together. I hope, I hope and pray they find reason to reconsider blowing this up. Yeah, well, they're blowing it up. The Senate, the Senate is doing a test vote today. They don't think they have the numbers. Uh, the House has rejected it. A bunch of Repu Democrats have rejected it also. And this is really, this is really a lose lose for Republicans. Now Biden is going to go around saying, "Well, you didn't approve my bill," and everyone's walking around saying, "But bill has nothing to do with the border," and it's, it's just another spending bill. You're worried about Israel. You're worried about Ukraine. You're talking about Ukraine. He started his speech yesterday talking about how we needed the border bill for Ukraine. I mean, no one's buying the Trump thing, by the way. He's been president for three years now, over three years. He had both houses of Congress. The border was wide open his first year. To sit back and say, well, I'm going to blame the guy who's been sitting in Mar-a-Lago for the last three years is absolutely asinine, especially when you look at his last three months of his presidency. He got that border down to 30000 a year a month. It's at 300000 right now. I didn't see the I didn't see the stats for January, but in December it was 304000 My understanding is it's higher in, in January. We'll have to see. But yeah, and then we go into Joe Biden being Joe Biden being senile. He starts losing his crap while he's he's talking. He's talking about uh, Hamas, and he starts losing his stuff. So let's listen to him. There is some movement, and I don't want to. I don't want to. Well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the, uh, the, the there's been a response from the opposition but um, it, it, yes I'm sorry from Hamas but it seems to be uh, a little over the top we're not sure where it is there's a continuing negotiation right now I know they're going to try and hide Biden in the closet in the basement. They're going to make sure this guy does not end up talking a lot, but he's he can't avoid it. 
Too many people, I mean, CNN's complaining about it. Too many people are complaining the only time he talks is when he's at he's about ready to leave for Delaware on another vacation. And there's the helicopter propellers that are going. He, he, can't, he can't hold this up. He's going to have to do more talking. And he's going to have to do more explaining. And the thing is, if his, if his campaign is all going to be about how bad Trump is, this is not a winning proposal. Blacks are already beginning to go in. 45, 46% of Hispanics are already voting for Trump. He is looking at really getting murdered in the election. Either a lot of blacks are voting for Trump. They have found they've just had enough. And they're talking about it in cities like New York, Chicago, Baltimore. They're saying that everything is such a disaster under this guy. They were so much better on Trump that now they're just saying, we just want Trump back. Bring thing, make things normal again. He's not going to be able to demonize Trump. It's just not going to work. He's definitely not going to be able to blame Trump for the border. The numbers just don't match. But everything that's going bad, everything that's going bad, Joe Biden is a complete disaster. Kamala Harris is a moron. Joe Biden's cabinet is a bunch of incompetence. The border is wide, ap- wide open. Afghanistan pullout was a disaster. Hunter Biden is showing the corruption. We're in two wars. Crime is way out. Iran is killing our troops. And then there's China. With all of that, leave it to Republicans to F absolutely everything up. Yesterday was not a good day for Republicans. Now, I understand. Not a big deal, right? Not a huge big deal. And today you have a lot of Republican pundits actually saying, well, yeah, it's not a shock. But this stuff is bad. You need some wins. Republicans need some wins, but they keep effing it up. So on Tuesday, Republicans voted to um, impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. And of course, the Democrats, all 212 of them said, no, we're not impeaching Mayorkas. Then you had four Republicans say, yeah, we're not going to impeach him either. So that bill got turned down 216 to 214 because four Republicans had a no vote. Now, I understand why those Republicans didn't want to, didn't want to impeach Mayorkas because they saw the Trump impeachments as just really stupid because Trump hadn't committed a crime. And Mayorkas himself had not committed a crime. Incompetence is not a crime. So they didn't see the reason to impeach him. He should be fired by Joe Biden. But here's the reality. Democrats started this. They made impeachment into a political tool. Republicans need to use those political tools. If anything, they should use those political tools. I'm wondering why they haven't impeached Biden yet. Joe Biden should have been impeached by now. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, you got crimes. You got everything from bribery, money laundering. I mean, my gosh, what does Joe Biden need to does Joe Biden need to kill someone to get impeached? But Republicans just keep effing it up. So now rumors has it that the the four guys that that didn't 
um, like uh, Tom McClintock, Ken Buck, Mike Gallagher. I, I understand that they're probably going to vote for it. He's probably going to get impeached. But my God, guys, come on. They, the, the Democrats, I understand why there, there's no high crime or misdemeanor. I get it. But Jesus, please, help us out here. We just just keep kicking ourselves in the balls every freaking time. And of course, they did it again. So there was a standalone bill yesterday to approve $17.6 billion to Israel, which, by the way, there should be an amendment in the Constitution that says all bills should be for one thing only, and that's it. And that bill should not be 700 pages long. It should be quick, and there should be a summary of the bill. There should be, we should not have omnibus packages. Remember, I was back in the 2000s, they actually got rid of the omnibus package. Did you had standalone packages were the norm? And now they went right back to the omnibus packages because they're hiding the laws, that's why. When I see any omnibus package, even if I love it, even if Republicans come up with it, I, I don't want to vote for it. I want a standalone. We should not have 20,000 page bills. And I'm thinking, I'm talking about Obamacare because Obamacare was a freaking disaster. You couldn't even get through that bill. So H.R. 7217 was voted on. 166 Democrats voted. They said no. 204 uh, Republicans said yes. 46 Republicans said no. So they joined the uh, they joined the uh, Republic. They joined the Democrats. The final score was 250 to 180. But because it is a bill that deals with money, it requires two thirds to pass. So it was 250 to 180. It didn't pass. Now I'm really down on the Republicans. I still think. I, I, I have a hard time believing this. It's still a 50-50 chance that Joe Biden's president. I think there's a 50-50 chance. And I think that has to do with Trump. Any other politician had run instead of Trump, this blowout, this November election would have been a blowout. Now, I still think that Trump is doing very well, but I, I, I don't see it a blowout. This is going to be a close election. And I'm still, and that's if Joe Biden's running. If Michelle Obama runs, F it, we're done. I mean, she's going to win that election. Nikki Haley would have been, I don't like Nikki Haley. I don't like her politics. She's kind of a lefty herself. And you can tell by the fact that she's on MSNBC. She's on CNN. I'm sorry, a conservative on MSNBC and CNN? That's not a good look. But the good news for Republicans is maybe they're going to fix something. So the RNC chair, Ronna McDaniel, is stepping down. Thank freaking God. She has destroyed the RNC. Now, if you don't know Ronna McDaniel, this is kind of hit. I didn't know this until today. Ronna McDaniel is actually goes by the name Ronna Romney McDaniel. She's Romney's cousin or Mitch, Mitt Romney's cousin or something. 
That would explain why she's never won an election since she's been in the RNC. She lost 2016, she lost 2018, 2020, 2021, 2022. And she ain't doing a good job for 2024. Completely incompetent. The Republican committee, National Committee, has no money. They're broke. As a matter of fact, the person that has all the money is Donald Trump. And he's not giving it to anybody. See, this is one of the things I hate about Donald Trump. He is about Donald Trump. He, he requires fealty. He requires commitment from everybody, but he commits nothing to anybody. He is really just a self-centered guy. That's what I can't stand. And that's why I liked, I really was pro-DeSantis. I hope, that's not to say I don't hope Trump wins. I sure do. But he is not the best bet. But so finally she's gone. There's a guy named Michael Watley is probably going to take over. We'll have to see. Uh, but I think it's all a disaster. And basically, she lost her job because Donald Trump, he ba- he backed her in 2022. She won the election to become the head of the RNC. And then Trump decided not to back her anymore because she's a loser. I-, I don't understand how these people, she's been in the RNC for almost 10 years and she's effed up everything she's touched. Yet she keeps going. Okay. This is, I like this story because I like Gina Carano. And she was actually one of the reasons why I dropped out of Disney Plus. One of the main reasons. Now, if you don't know Gina Carano, she's an actress. She starred in The Mandalorian. And she put up a, she put up a meme about how unpersoning is evil and leads to genocide. And of course, the example she used in the meme was the Nazis. Now, like everybody else, we talked about this a couple of years ago, two, three years ago. Like everybody else, I don't like the Nazi themes. I, I don't like when conservatives do it. I definitely don't like the way it's been overused. I would rather, you want to see unpersoning? Read the Gulag Archipelago and, and point to the Soviet Union. They were far worse than the Nazis were. Killed a lot more people. But I, I'd like to see conservatives actually use that instead of Nazis, because Nazis are, are overused. Well, she's decided to file a lawsuit against Disney. Now, how is this going to go? I don't know. Because the reality is she filed this three years later. So I'm not exactly sure why she filed this now and then file it away. I know she was making money. She worked for the Daily Wire. She made a movie for the Daily Wire. She's not exactly out of the spotlight. But she announced on X on Tuesday that she filed a lawsuit and that Elon Musk was actually supporting her. He paid for some of her legal bills. So this is what she wrote. And it's a very long, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's extremely long. But here's what she say. Here's what she said. Today is an important day for me. I'm filing a lawsuit against at Lucasfilm and at Disney. After my 20 years of building a career from scratch and during my regime of former Disney Bo- Disney CEO Bob Chapek 
Lucasfilm made this statement on Twitter, terminating me from The Mandalorian. Quote, Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm, and there are no plans for her to be in the future. Nevertheless, her social media posts denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable. So these pussies went out there and actually fired her via tweet. And by the way, she did not do any of that stuff. She didn't denigrate people based on their cultural or religious identities. So none of that happened. Quote, nothing could be further from the truth. The truth is I was being hunted down from everything I posted and to every post I liked because I was not in line with the acceptable narrative. My words are, were constantly twisted and demonized and dehumanized and dehumanized me as an alt-right wing extremist. It was bullying. It was a bullying smear campaign aimed at silencing, destroying and making an example out of me. So now she's suing him, and she should. I, I wish she would have done that three years ago, right after. Because the guy who played the actual Mandalorian, can't remember his name, but the guy who played the Mandalorian, he actually released a post, but it a, a meme, the same meme with Nazis and things like that, but it was a left-wing post, and nothing happened to him. He got a raise. So she's going, and, and by the way, this is what conservatives need to do. Gina Carano is a conservative. This is what conservatives need to do. They need to stand up for themselves. If they don't stand up for themselves, what good is it? Elon Musk responded to the tweet. He wrote, please let us know if you would like to join the lawsuit against Disney. So basically, he's inviting other people. He wants to make it a class action. And I think he's probably going to do it. Now, the, one of the reasons he's going after Disney is Disney was one of the first that was screaming about Twitter and pulling their ads from Twitter because uh, Elon Musk is a Nazi or whatever. I think, I think Elon Musk is suing for that reason. So he's trying to make a, a class action suit. Uh, it's going to be really interesting for Disney. If this ends up being a class action lawsuit, ooh, this could be very bad for them. Okay, and our last story today, we need more of this. We really need more of this. According to Fox News, a tampon dispenser installed in the boys' restroom lasted less than a half hour before being ripped out and destroyed at a Connecticut high school. In order to comply with the state law in Connecticut, Brookfield High School installed a menstrual products dispenser in the boys' restroom at 9.30 a.m. on January 24th. The school's principal, Mark Belanda, reported that the, by 9.52 a.m. the dispenser had been vandalized and ripped from the wall. And by the way, there are pictures of this thing. It was thrown in the toilet. So here, this is the beauty of this whole thing. This is the beauty of this whole, nobody accepts it, especially kids. And you know, this school is pushing this crap. And people are just like, there's videos online where the kids are listening to how boys can be girls and how girls can be boys and how to have anal sex and all that good stuff. There's a video by one of the students that was released. That student actually got into trouble too. And all the students are just like bored. They don't care. They're not listening to this crap. 
And that's a good thing. And it was in, in a city like Connecticut, somewhere in Connecticut or Vermont, very left-wing area. They're not listening to this shit. They sit back, you, you put this thing in here, that's stupid. None of us use this crap. What are they supposed to do? Stick a tampon up their butts? So they rip it out and throw it away. Do it again. They're going to, so uh, continuing with the article. In an email to the school, Belando wrote that he was disgusted and dismayed by the act. Quote, I am aware that the law says men's bathrooms, but the actions today that led to vandalism and destruction of property were the work of immature boys, not men. He's wrong there. It was the work by men. Men do not tolerate that crap. It is BS. No one buys it. No one believes in it. And they're not going to be told any any different. So, yeah. they they It was not done by immature boys. It was done by men. That's called protest. By the way, I bet you a dollar this Belanda guy, he would never say a word about tearing down a statue. Not a word. Okay, continuing with the article. He encouraged any students with issues regarding the tampon dispenser to, quote, ask for more information, use your words, and start a dialogue rather than using your hands to destroy something. In this particular instance, if you have questions, please let me know. Bullshit. If you walk up to that principal and you say, why the frick do you have a tampon dispenser in the men's restroom? You're going to be called a transphobic. And you're going to end up on discipline. At best, you're going to end up on discipline. At worst, you're going to end up in a re-education camp. No, going up and using your words are not permitted at any schools, especially public left-wing public schools. We see that at Harvard. If you think you can't speak at Harvard, where conservative thought leaders can't actually make speeches at Harvard? Do you think a piddly little uh, middle school or high school in Bodunk, Bodunk, Vermont is going to allow it? Of course they aren't going to allow it because no one's going to care. No one's going to, this isn't going to be a big scene. Good for these boys. And the second they put up that second dispenser, they should rip it down. They should make this school put up a security guard 24-7 to protect the next tampon dispenser they stick in the boys' bathroom. Make it, make it so that those things never stand up. And if one of these boys is caught, he should say, yeah, because it's stupid. I'm a boy. What am I going to do with a tampon? This crap is getting so old and no one is buying it anymore. You guys have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>